here with Coach Dana Ford, head basketball coach of Missouri State. Coach Ford, I just wanted to ask you, growing up, great high school basketball player, played college basketball at Illinois State. What pushed you to pursue basketball and then coaching after your playing career? Well, I grew up in a small town in Southern Illinois and basketball was king and, and that's really the, the only thing that we had to, to, to do. And uh, fell in love with the game at a young age. Was fortunate enough to play in college and uh, after college, um, you know, I had a decision to make. And I've been impacted by coaches my entire life. My high school coach, uh, Chuck Doty, uh, my college coaches, Tom Richardson, Porter Moser. Mm -hmm. And so uh, fortunately I chose that path and uh, it's, it's been a great experience. I'm a OU alum, so I got to hear Coach Moser speak before the season this year. His energy is just contagious. What is something that you learned from Coach Moser in your playing career that you implement with your current teams today? Well, I learned a lot from him and uh, he's very, he's got a, a tremendous basketball mind. Um, just the importance of body language, uh, you know, the importance of, of habits. Um, you know, the, the importance of, of commitment, uh, attention to detail. Uh, there are so many things that we try to implement in our program right now uh, on a daily basis as well. What was it like before you're even 30 years old getting offered a head Division One coaching job being the youngest coach in college basketball? You know, it was a very uh, humbling experience. It was unique, uh, 28 years old, head coach, uh, something that you dream about. Not necessarily doing it by that age, but but you, you feel like one day you can run your program. And uh, Teresa Phillips, athletic director at Tennessee State at the time, uh, believed in me and, and um, so very appreciative for that. And, um, you know, just every day of my life, I'm thankful to be a, a college basketball coach. Mm -hmm. Take me through um, the lows, I guess, of your first season, five wins, to then the highs of your very next year, quadrupling that, getting 20 wins at a program that had only had a winning season two times in the last 19 years. You know, the first year was tough. We took over program, and uh, we basically had to bring in 12 new players, and uh, that, that was not an easy task, but it was something that had to be done. And, uh, you know, it was sort of a blessing in disguise because we, we had a chance to implement our our culture from day one because all the players were guys that we had brought in and the one returner was a guy that I had signed when I was an assistant coach there mm -hmm. and so uh, that, that was fortunate that that helped us uh, the following year our culture was in place we just added we just need to add a few more bodies you know, mm -hmm. a few more guys that could do some things and uh, our kids played really hard great kids and won a lot of close games and, and ultimately ended up with a 20 win season when you're an assistant at Wichita State you ran you land uh, Fred Van Fleet when you're at Tennessee Stays Ahead, you land Robert Covington. How were you able to find those diamonds in the rough? And then what what is it like seeing their success in the NBA? You know, I'm just a, a blessed man. I mean, I, <laughs> I like to say that it's something else, but um, it's just the Lord lead me to the right places at the right times, to be honest. Um, both of those guys are, are coaches' dream, high-character kids, tough, underachievers, play with the chip on their shoulder, and uh, become overachievers, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see those guys have success because they're following their dreams. And, uh, you know, I use those guys as examples to our players every single day that you can, you can obtain your dreams no matter where you go. Right. Last year, 23 wins here at Missouri State, most wins in the program in the last 11 years. What did that mean for you personally and then for this program? Well, just personally, I was happy for our players. Uh, we had a couple guys that had stuck together for a few years. And, um, you know, we had a big kid, Gage Prim, that could have transferred and went anywhere in the country, but, but stuck with us. Um, 
And then we had a, a dynamic guard, Isaiah Mosley, probably the same scenario. But um, and then we had a host of, of high character guys play around them. Um, you know, Javante Black, Luke Patterson, uh, Isaac Haney, Keaton Hervey, Donnie Clay. I mean, so we had a, a nice mixture of, of guys. And um, so so just personally, I was just happy for the players. Mm -hmm. This year, um, replacing essentially your entire roster, nearly Donovan Clay, the only guy averaging over two points a game returning. What was that challenge like, and how were you able to get chemistry to gel so quickly? Yeah, you know, it wasn't an ideal situation, but uh, we had to play the hand of cards that we were dealt. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was challenging because uh, that's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of official visits. It's a lot of background check, character check. Mm. And, uh, you know, I give credit to our staff. They did a great job, and we've assembled a, a group of guys that have the potential to develop into a really good team. Uh, this year has been up and down uh, due to a lot of different reasons. Uh, but I think most importantly, uh, just struggling with the the level of consistency you need to be good every day. But but I think that comes with age. And, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of fun coaching this group, very fun group. Uh, so looking forward to see how they can develop over the next couple of years. How integral has Donovan Clay played in being able to carry that identity, the culture that you've established in previous years to this team with so many newcomers? He's played a big part in that and, and just, you know, having an understanding of what we like to do in regards to how we like to operate, uh, having a, a voice in the locker room, uh, you know, especially dealing with so many first-year Division One players. Uh, I think that that's very important. And, uh, you know, Donnie wants to win first and foremost. And uh, I think that that, you know, throughout the course of this year has helped bring along some guys a little quicker than what we imagined. Mm -hmm. You've been able to bring in three power six transfers along with two guys that played for NCAA tournament teams at mid-majors a year ago. What are your thoughts just in general on the transfer portal? Clearly you're able to utilize it for your success. You know, I think it's some positives and some negatives. Um, with our situ situation of signing so many players, we felt that it was necessary to, to tap into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, each year is a different challenge. Each team needs a different type of player. But uh, it's it's good to have that option if you need it. Uh, and then it's good for the players to have the option if they're using it for the right reasons. But that's like anything. And so, um, you know, my thoughts on the portal is it's here to stay. And uh, I think the, the best advice is to figure out how to uh, utilize it in order to help your program. The previous three years, you all had been about middle of the pack in the country in tempo. This year, 355th out of 363. What has been the reasoning for that concerted effort to play a slower style? Well, we, we struggle taking care of the ball. And, and um, you know, when, when we play really, really fast, we turn the ball over and the other team gets it and lays it in <laughs> or gets open shots. So until we can mature and, and develop our skill to where we can take care of the ball, and, and it's best that we take our time and at least get a shot at the rim. Right. That makes sense. Do you feel like your team is peaking at the right time as we head towards March and Arch Madness? Well, you know, prior prior to our last two games, I felt like we were starting to play really, really a lot better. Uh, our last two games, we haven't we haven't necessarily uh, started one game very well and then finished another game very well. But mm -hmm. I do think in between, we're doing some good things. Uh, what I like about our group is they're high character. They keep working. They're a lot of fun, and uh, I, I do think that they can get hot and beat anybody. And we. Mm -hmm. We've proven that. We've got, I want to say, four wins against the top five teams in our league, and uh, that's not easy to do. Right. So, um, you know, we'll continue to work at it and, and hopefully play our best basketball 
a week from now. Right. To that point, you all have already swept Drake. What kind of confidence does that give your guys in the locker room that, hey, we can play with anybody in this conference. We just have to be playing our right, our best basketball come early March. I think it gives the guys a lot of confidence. Drake's a really good team, a program we have a lot of respect for. Um, they're obviously one of the best mid-major, if not one of the best programs in the country this year. And so uh, just, just being able to draw back from those experiences throughout the year should help us, and, and not only help us this year, but help us in the years to come. Mm -hmm. I've got a bit of a tough question for you. Um, I noticed through your career you had six conference tournament losses by one possession or less. Mm -hmm. What is the lows of that like to end your season when you're so close to surviving and advancing? And then conversely, does that fuel your fire even more to bring home a conference championship? It's a great question, and um, I think it does. You know, I think those hardships that we've dealt with have, have fueled us to continue to keep keep going and and, and um, you know looking for our opportunity to eventually break through one day. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't quite know it was that many. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, coach. That's okay. I'll, I'll remember. That. Yeah. I wanted to give you a chance, if you'd like to, to speak on your faith and what that's done for you within coaching and impacting young people's lives as a coach. Yeah, it's been really important to me, and uh, it's developed over time. My wife Christina has really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I, I hold near and dear to my heart. I take very serious. Um, you know, no one's perfect, but I think that's the beauty of your faith is, is having someone. To, to lean on and carry you and, and just be there for you, especially um, in, in tough times, you know. And so um, we've all got to spend eternity somewhere. And yes, um, I'd like to spend mine in paradise. <laughs> yes, sir. Last question for you. I'd, I'd like to give you a second to speak on your foundation, what that is and what, um, I guess, inspired you to start that. So the Rebound Foundation was started by my wife, Christina, and I, and uh, both being from families where domestic violence has a a nasty history and uh, after the birth of our daughter Charlie Rose eight years ago we felt like we needed to be able to reach out and help our community that she was growing up in in some way and so we started Rebound Foundation and we provide transitional housing for uh, women and children that leave a shelter and uh, we do that for six months to a year we pay their bills we buy their groceries we give them everything they need to rebuild their lives and uh, job placement uh, financial literacy and um, we just try to give people a second chance. You know, it's no different in basketball. You miss your first shot, get the rebound, and hopefully get another shot. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Coach. Wishing you and your team best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you.